TYH Nation presents Emona at Work with Label Schwartz, Episode 5 with Shlomo Friedman. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. We started a project recently called Emu Network. It actually was a little bit inspired by you. I came to our first meeting, we got into a conversation, and as much as we talked about business, we started venturing closer and closer towards Emuna, Betachan, Hashem, Torah. And then what happens is all that information goes to Eretz Yisrael, they chop it up, and they chop out all the Hashem stuff, and then we make business videos. But I said, why don't I just go there originally? I Meaning if that's where I end up, let's just make something. So we made something called the Moon Network. We're sitting with our favorite people in the world, running incredible companies, and talking to them about how they run their company with the Moon. And the objective? The objective is to start the conversation. I don't believe in any way that I have the answers to Amuna. Well, all great things uh, begin from a place of e-clarity. It is in that space of confusion that the greatest things are born, but it requires something. It requires asking questions. Necessity is the mother of inventions. That means you have a problem. Now you have to find the solution. You have to think and you have to build and you have to create. You sometimes have to destroy. I mean, we know from the Torah there's Sersa Alb and Aus Libnas. Right, you read the Sersa Chaliyah. Well, you know what the craziest part is? How does a seed work? Same way. Crazy. It falls apart in order for the, the, the essence to come out and then to be able to be built from it and grow. But it's true, you have to break, and what you need to break is the status quo. You need to break that autopilot so that you should be able to use new energies to bring out the potent from within. And it's all inside. Absolutely. And if you don't break it, it stays a seat. That's true. But people are very, very, very afraid of asking questions. Part of it is, I don't know what answers I'll get, and I'm a, it's fear of the unknown. Part of it is also we're trained that way. Um, we, there was a generation who used asking questions with an objective to do something different. The best way of getting someone to come along with you is asking them questions where they find that they're stuck in their way and then you give them a solution that they didn't have on their own and they buy into that. And that's what really what sales is all about. What I believe is that this generation, it's not a generation that is worse and bad. It's a generation that is a lot better. It's a generation that is a lot more authentic. It's a generation that's screaming. They want real content. They want to be attached to something that's big and that's authentic and that's real and they're begging for it. And that's why they're going on drugs and that's why they're doing crazy things because they don't want to live in a fake world where we just do things just because. This, welcome to why we're doing this. Because if I can now take, I could really, I want to do this with every year. Right? Just have the conversation. But as business owners, for some reason, we've got a title where people look to us, which I think is a little interesting anyway. And if I could take those people who people look to anyway and actually bring them to the spiritual side, it gives relevance and it gives credence to where we're going. So I want to take you a few places on the business side. You brought up sales a second ago. In a way, there's like a technique for sales. How do you use techniques for sales when you know it could almost be looked at as manipulative and still know that you're helping someone at the same time. 
Great question. You know what I'm talking about. Exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I know and you know that, you know what I'm saying? We could walk into the meeting. We can, we could do our thing. We turn it on and we got this. But like what's starting to hit me recently is, is this really what this person needs? Because I can sell it and they'll buy it. But wait a second. Is this what they need? And that's what I've been, how do you go through that? It's, it's a great question, something that I've struggled with. I know that. Not only in sales, but in other areas of life. I've been a thinker all my life, since as far back as I can think. I've always had a mind of my own, and I was very lucky to be supported by my family, to ask questions, and, and, and debates were, 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 were celebrated. You know, education was looked up to, and, 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 it, and nothing was off the table until a certain point, the point of faith but not in the way how people think about faith and about Amuna differently. So I had my times where you would call today, you would term that as rebellious. You know, I didn't think that things that were being done, I questioned and I did the things that I thought were the right things to do in my own way. And I, I, I was searching and I still do. No, I want to go there. How do you balance? I'm going to go there. How do you balance being? But go with me for a second. It's not necessarily what you do. It's why you're doing it that changes what it is that you're doing. The why is extremely important. Sales, the intention needs to be to help somebody else. I have to pay my mortgage this month. That's why I'm selling here. If that is why you're selling your 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 selling because you need to pay your mortgage and you're going to do whatever it takes, even at the cost of the benefit of your prospective client, you're doing a terrible thing and you're using techniques to support and you're probably going to use it as manipulation, right? Because your intention is for your own good at the cost of somebody else's. But I'm not really thinking that. I'm just thinking I need to pay my mortgage. I understand, but that's what can happen. Right. But if there's nothing wrong with you needing your, to pay your mortgage and using this as a living because you think that you could be helping other people right. and through helping them get paid for that help right. and pay your mortgage. But your intention now is what? To help somebody else. And the best way to help somebody else could be with the same techniques that you use to help yourself to pay your mortgage at the cost of somebody else. So it's not about the techniques that are wrong. It's about the intentions when you use the techniques that are wrong that are going to make that into manipulation. We don't look to manipulate anybody. We look to help other people. And many times we need to clarify, we need to educate people. And there is a system which is true and real and authentic of how to ask them questions to bring their mind to a place where they can then appreciate the answer and decide if it's something that works for them. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's great. It's actually nothing, something wrong. In order to help them, it's the best way to do that. Right. And once I understood that and it clicked, it, I didn't have a problem with that because it's not about what's being done. It's about why those things are being done that count. And if one wants to be honest and one wants to be authentic, and wants to be real, they're gonna use all those techniques for the way it's meant to be used. And That's really, what you said thing. was good, it's the same exact technique. Yes. Now, it's the same tongue that's Chaim and Mavis. It's not the tongue that makes the difference, it's what you're gonna be using with that tongue. I find that I'm 
thank you, Hashem, in a place right now where we're full. So now when I talk to my clients, I'm in a place of havacha. I, I talk to them like this. Guys, I'm rocking full speed. You want in? I'm here. I don't know if this is actually going to help you. I can do that thing. But when you're in a tough spot, it's a lot harder to do that like, oh, I'm here to help you situation. Absolutely. But that's when I make my best sales. I mean, that's when I do my best, even on the financial side, is when I'm, I had a great guy once tell me, now that I don't need to make any particular sale, he says, I'm, I make so many more sales. He says, I wish in the beginning of my career, I'd have, I didn't have to make sales. I would have done a lot better. What you're saying is absolutely true. It's a lot more difficult to do this when you really, really need the money and you're desperate and you're struggling, it's a lot more difficult. Just like when a person's in different situations, they have greater distractions from doing the right things. And in a, in a, when a person's in a place of, the, of that they know that they can be easily distracted, yes. they have to use other tools and other techniques to stay focused. Bring me there. So what's interesting is that I found in my business is actually where I found Hashem. Because we were brought up that learning Torah is so gishmak and it's so great. First of all, it isn't. Well, let's put it on the table. Meaning if, if, it's, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Second of all, you know, it's not gishmak yet because I haven't learned. But once I'm going to exercise my brain, you taste that time of Torah, the Rebbe's would tell you, oh, it's unbelievable. Okay, I've done it. And I enjoyed it. But then I said, this has nothing to do with Torah. Any mental exercise, I'll get the same pleasure. It'll create some kind of um, whatever it is in the body that it produces. I don't know what it's called, some something. And it gives you that good feeling, just like drugs or whatever it is that gives you that, that thing. So if you do mental exercise, someone who's a thinker and likes to think, any scholar gets that pleasure. What does this have to do with Torah? And I contemplated with that question for a long time when one day I asked this question to my Rav. And he told me, guess what? You are right, but it's not a contradiction because, you see, Hashem didn't create a world that's separate from Him or separate from spirituality. He clothed Himself and spirituality in the world, which means the world operates in a certain way because spirituality operates in a certain way because Hashem operates in a certain way. Which is the same thing we said earlier about the, the, about the seed. It breaks down to teach you that things break down before they grow. Okay, true. In everything you could see that. And that is me. From my own flesh, I can see God. And not only in an elementary way, because I see how magnificent it is. I can see from the operation of how my body works. I can understand the operation of Hashem in this world. There is a system of thought, emotion, action. It's the same system that Hashem operates in the world and it's in every detail like that so when you have something that you're have a challenge in business and you see how things work in business it's actually how things work in Ruchnius exactly the same way so when you see I will and and when you see that how things work with scholars and how they derive pleasure this physical natural system is done like that way because, because in the essence that's how Torah works because oh, that's how you're saying not works. like you had a question it's not Torah because right, you because see it I over here else. it's no, no, only right, over here know, like this because is, but, because this is how it works in its core this is how things work in the core and it gave me a whole different way how to see business and how to see human connection how to see 
success, how to see goals, everything. It's the same exact way. It's not a contradiction. It's not two different worlds. We're living in the same world. We're living in the same world. This physical material world is actually the spiritual world in this world. It's not separate from it. We don't have to be monks and detach and separate. Obviously, there are things that we cannot do, but in the things that we can and we should and we do, it's because this is how we're operating spirituality in the physical material world. And now it all makes sense. Why did Hashem create the Torah 970 years before the world, right? I think that was the number. What's that about? Like 960 wouldn't work? All of a sudden what you're saying makes sense. Meaning, I'm letting you know there was a blueprint already. You're going to look into the world and say, ah, I figured something out in the world. When you develop something and you put it on paper, you know everything that's happening before even... Can you see it before it comes? Well, that's you're opening up in a whole new conversation. And again, it's the same thing that we discussed before that it works the same way. Like that's the point that you're probably trying to bring out in, in business and in, in building and in development, the way it works with Hashem creating the world. And you're absolutely right about that. But on a deeper level, what happens is that whenever you build something, there's a process of how something gets created. And physically, in development and planning. First is that vision. It's so in the abstract. It has nothing tangible about it. Forget about physically tangible, even tangible thought. It's wild. It's untamed. It's, it's all over the place. You can't do anything with that. Not only that, but you ever try talking to people about it? it, it they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And when you have this idea, and then you're like... And you know what happens when you try putting it on paper? I'll tell you what happens. Yeah, you, try no. you start making a picture that's the nice... Sometimes you see um, um, graphic designers or, 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 or renders. They, they make crazy rendering. And it really looks beautiful. And you sometimes you even have some questions. Could this really work? But let's say you don't have those questions and you're so absorbed by its beauty and you go to the architect and they start and they start saying, wait a minute, hello, this thing, just engineer it. It can't work. It's a very, it, it has nothing to hold on. You can't design it this way. But it's because of that vision, right. then you can go to the next level of the brain and start putting it in, put some structure into it, and still in thought. Then it's enough structured in the brain that you can actually verbalize it. And once you verbalize it, it became, it went to a level where you can actually take it and put it in pen and paper. It's almost real. Meaning, that until that moment, when it's happening here, and you know, it's a you know process. Feeling, by the way, it's not a weird feeling, and I don't know if the world gets, but I know exactly what that thing's like. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's, and then all of a sudden. Right. <laughs> and every time when it goes from one level to the next, there's always a challenge because there's the fight. The abstract mind wants to think limitless and then the, the conscious mind starts putting limitations on it and they struggle and through that struggle comes out something that is more tangible that you can actually put a clear clarity and thought. Then when you want to verbalize it, wait a minute, the tongue is giving you a whole bunch of limitations. What could be, it's too many words. You have to condense it and there's that struggle. But then once you got through that struggle and it came out in beautiful words, now is the next, now I can take and put on paper. But then I want to put on paper, I want to write down what's being said, but it's so many words. How do I condense that? You want to take so, notes so in class. So there's another struggle. But once you wrote it down, it went through another refining process, which gets you closer and closer to the details then of building that thing that might take a very long time. And soif maisa b'machshavatchila. It's at that end of building that thing that the original vision and the original thought was finally brought out. And I'm going to tell you now back into the Amuna conversation. 
Our generation is the Soif Maisa B'machshavat Chila. It's this generation that the Rebbein Shalom wanted. Now it's the most difficult one because it's that many de- details and it's so fractured. But it's this that's going to bring out the original thought. It's this. And on that, David HaMelech says, That stone that all the builders threw away because it was so it wasn't useful and it looked so broken and so shattered but when they realized that this is it and it gets its beauty it'll be the cornerstone that is going to be the the, the 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 head part the one that everybody looks up to and that's this generation and the chazal say that this generation is the most beautiful but scariest one i don't want to be there because it's so challenging but it's only through those great challenges that we get to the great beauty so this is our generation Our generation is a generation that wants to know why, wants to understand. They want to be enthusiastic about what it is that they're doing. They don't just want to accept things that are artificial. Things that- You see it everywhere, by the way. You see it everywhere. I have to dress a certain way, and it started in the 60s with the hippie movement. Don't tell me how I have to dress to work. I want to be real. I want to be loose. I want to do my thing. I want to be creative. Give me modern art because this shows me that there's something bigger. And the truth is that in the bigger picture, it is true. Everything has goodness That's in it. Crazy. Everything is connected. That's the crazy part. Is that it's not a steer. Just like you said, it's not a steer. Not at all. And not only it's not a steer, it's actually the best way. And David Melech, right? Well, she says all the time that when you have people that have contradictory talents, it's a sign of Siat Nishmai, right? Davra Melech was a warrior, right? Chopping heads, right? No one did it better. And he was also up on the mountains playing his harp, writing Tehillim, right? But that's the perfect person, right? Not someone that just has this, and not just someone who just has this, but that can live in the world with both. That's called perfection. 100%. And, and I, I, How do you teach that to kids? I don't know if you're a novice or not, but that's exactly where my brain is going. Before how we teach it to kids, we, we need to understand what kind of responsibility we have as parents. Right. We, 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 and, and what kind of responsibility we have as parents in this generation. We have a generation that is crying and begging for content and for meaning. They're begging for it. They're they're doing things that they're doing because they're they're saying it. They, they can't be clearer than that. They're saying, give me something real. Give me something of quality. Don't give me garbage. And if we, we, if we understand that, we can't just go and fight and say, don't ask, just do. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing with them? It is our responsibility to understand things better ourselves, to elevate our quality of life, our quality of meaning, so that we can be better at conveying this to our kids. And let me tell you something. When you have a question of how to do something, put the emphasis, rather put the emphasis on the core than on how to convey it. The conveyance will come naturally. Put Instead of thinking how I'm going to teach my kids, think how am I going to learn myself. Every time I have an urge to tell my kids to daven better during davening, I turn around and I say, look into your siddur and you daven better. Every time. I don't win all the time. <laughs> but I try. And I know that that's the right thing. If I want to tell him to daven better, 
There's a simple way for me to learn how to do that. Just Look into your sitter and think about the words that you're saying. And are you shaking now because you're not thinking what you're doing or because everybody is shaking? That's even worse. Or is it a natural outcome of your engagement and your intensity in your connection, in your davening? Instead of asking questions on your kids, turn that question, ask those questions about yourself and put in more emphasis on how you're going to elevate your level of meaning, your level of connection, your level of authenticity. The conveyance will come naturally. I was once asking my Rosh Shiva, we work, he works with teens at risk, and I asked him, how do I work with this guy as a mentor? He says, label. 90% of any mentoring is what you do. 10% is what you say. You want to teach him to show up on time? Show up on time. You want to teach him to be a, speak like a mensch? Speak to him like, like a mensch. I struggle with this. Yeah. Look, we're sitting and uh, we're having a conversation. Yes. We're on camera now. And, I, and, and I'm not focused on the camera because you taught me um, to, to, to take what I do normal and take it to the next level. And even in front of a camera, just like you're, when you're in front of an audience to deliver the, the right thing, you got to be yourself. Yes. You can't think of the audience. Not don't think of the camera. But the end of the day is I'm mindful of it to a certain extent because that needs to always be, you know, you're not going to dress on the street like you dress in your bathroom. Uh, even though you got to be real, you got to be natural. Come on. And, 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 and unfortunately, the world of looking for authenticity, they took it to that level and sometimes terrible things come out of it. So of course, you have to be mindful of what needs to be done. You have to have that balance. But I struggle with this. So I'm taking it out. And it's a terrible struggle for me. Something that I, I know that I must quit. Why? Vaping. Why? It's not healthy. A. B. How can I be a, a mashubid? This is an addiction. And it's such, I can't, how am I going to live my life with such a weakness? This is a terrible weakness. I don't, I'm not being myself. I'm preaching authenticity. I'm preaching individuality. And here I am. I got myself to a place where I'm not acting about what I'm preaching. But someone make an argument that I have the freedom to do it. Of course you have the freedom to do that. You also have the freedom to kill yourself. And when you do, are you living? Of course I have the freedom to be an addict. But is the life of an addict a life? So what's the challenge? It's an addiction. And addiction is an escape. And this, in my mind, is an escape from stress. It's something that I built in my own mind. And I'm escaping stress by doing this. And I have the fear of letting go of this addiction in order to face. And I keep on saying, okay, but I'm building my business, I'm building, and things are working. And soon and soon and soon. And this is exactly like we say in Ruchnius. You know, the Yitzhahara comes, and we call it the Yitzhahara. It is Yitzhahara. But really what it is, it's the, it's in, 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 in a physical and in a natural way. And if you know you want from a secular perspective, so to speak, there is that side in you that, that you're biased by that always pushes you that you don't have to grow and you could stay where you are. And it comes up with very creative reasoning. Not only that, but because I'm rocking. You're right. It's actually a good thing. Not only is it not a bad, it's a good thing because this helps me to be able, and it's great. And later, it's a trick of the mind. But I'm just, the reason why I brought this up is, because probably, if I'm honest, because I wanted to smoke and I wanted to feel comfortable about it, so I figured I'll bring it into the conversation. But now that I did... <laughs> so what's your, what's your goal? What's your strategy? How, so how does one kick that? What happens three-day umptive? Something very interesting. 
I don't have any need to smoke on Shabbos. And almost no need on Yantiv. Why? Because on Shabbos, I know that I can't. I'm also in a different world. I'm not in a business world. I don't talk about business. And I almost don't think about business on Shabbos. So I'm in a different sphere. I'm in a different place. I have no need for it whatsoever. Whatsoever. Zero. Zero at all. I don't even run much of Shabbos to take it. Um, Yontif, because I know that I can. Yes. Um, so I, also most of the time I'm in gay. I'm not in business. I'm not in gay. I don't either talk or think about business on Yontif. But the some level, I, it's, I could think about and even be tempted to actually smoke on Yontif. But it's, a, it's so different than during the week. But you know what I'm talking about. It's not because it's longer time. It's because Yeshayim. Right. Because I know that I can. Yeah. When we tell ourselves that we could, and that's what, you know, this week was, was the first period in Pekavos. We started the, the first cycle. The, the, the three things that they said, Absolutely. and one of them they said is make boundaries to the Torah because we're human people, we have weaknesses. Be smart, set yourself boundaries. It's the same thing in business. Be smart. You know that you have a tendency to be late. Make yourself a boundary. Come 10 minutes early. You know, make yourself certain things. And then when you can take business to the next level, you know that business is a platform where there can be things that could be done that are not necessarily, you know, the way things should be done. Make yourself boundaries. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to come and tell people what those boundaries should be. No, you'll find your own boundaries. Find your own boundaries. Of course, there's Chazal, you have a rav, you have no, business, no. everything. Can't Don't be biased by yourself. Ask those old things. But the point is, it's not about so much what. It's about that there should be a boundary. You don't want to call women first name basis. You want to call Mr. and Mrs. That's beautiful. I'm not saying that's the way it needs to be. Whatever it is that works for you with, with your consultation or on your own, wherever, but just it's just smart business. It just makes sense. It's a logical thing. This is not something that's, it's logical. You want to get something done. You know that you have a tendency and you have a weakness and you're biased by yourself. Set yourself precautions, set yourself boundaries. That's it. We're human beings. It's okay to have weaknesses. Hashem didn't make us angels. He made us that way. Yeah, because we can grow through those weaknesses. I just wanted to say one point as, as, as far as a close on the subject. We have a major gift from Avram Avinu. They went through the struggles. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, they went through the struggles of connection. But once they got that connection, it's in us. We are connected. Now, as much as we go through distractions and we forget about that connection, all we need to do today is not connect. We just need to reconnect. It's there. All we need to do is just bring it up again. And this helps us navigate through those challenges, those, through those distractions to stay focused and grow. And grow and grow. And there's nothing. And there's no, there's no people, no place, no time that's better than our generation, in the place that we're at, at the time that we're at, to do this, I really believe that Mashiach is coming. I mean, this, this is it. It's us. <laughs> I really believe that. I really believe that. I want to be part of the solution. I want this to be part of the solution. Start the conversation and we never know where we can go. 
be sure to check out the full episode on our YouTube channel, on your favourite podcast platform, and on our website, tyhnation.com.